In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my Jimmy Olsen, shot in the first scene by African uh, warlords, is the one and only... Ah! Travis Rats! I'm hurt! Ah! He got me! (sighs) Alright, so, on the Comic Exposure Podcast, we read comic books, we talk about comic books, we talk about comic book TV shows, we talk about comic book movies, we talk about comic book underwear, we talk about all sorts of comic book stuff. Oh, speaking of which, you can't see because it's very dark in here, I got my... Hulk Captain America PJ pants on. Oh, nice. I have a uh, a coaching shirt from my son's uh, Little League soccer team. So No one wants that shit. No one wants that. <laughs> that's not going yeah. to sell on me. It's not cool. It's not cool. Uh, so on this episode of Comic Exposure, a very special episode of Comic Exposure, Travis and I have decided to delve into two classics that have paved the way for, I don't want to say good stuff. I want to say they paved the way for a movie, uh, Batman versus Superman. So, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, source so, material. This is source this, this is this is the uh, archives where the I'm guessing thirty eight scriptwriters on this movie <laughs> uh, by the time it was done probably delved into. To get they, some like, of the plot lines they just like in they this. just scraped a little bit out of it, right. uh, like just pieces of it, not the <laughs> whole thing. Uh, so, anyways, we decided that since Batman v Superman came out, uh, that we would go ahead and we'd read some source material. So we went back, and I'm going to say this right now: there's probably a little bit of spoiler action. So if you haven't read or heard about Batman v Superman, listen to this anyways because save your money. So, and to be we, fair, to be fair, yeah. before we saw the movie, we decided to do these. Two titles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After seeing the movie, this podcast be- became more app like it became more relevant to what we read. I feel like. Yeah. I feel yeah. like these were the two picks. Yeah. Like if you're going into Batman versus Superman and you're like, oh, I want to read a little bit about Batman. I want to read a little bit about Superman. What should I read? These are the the yeah. the books which I think a lot of the source material is pulled from. So we decided to go ahead and uh, we read The Dark Knight Returns by the one and only Frank Miller. And uh, we also read The Death of Superman, uh, written by the likes of Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, Lewis Simonson, Roger Stern, and a handful of other people involved in that whole book. Anyone so. who started reading comics after 2000s, like, who? Yes, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> now, Travis, this was a reread of Death of Superman for me. It was a reread of Death of Superman for you? Correct. Our, uh, our, yeah. This was my first read of The Dark Knight Returns. Mm. And it was your... I don't know how many times have you read it before? Is this your second time reading uh, it? Maybe my third time. Okay. So you had read Dark Knight Returns before me. I'm one of those people who, uh, when I got into comics, it was the 90s, man. And it was all about, like, Spawn. It was and the 90s, man. You don't all, know. You weren't there. It was, like, Spawn and Wildcats and anything with pouches and pockets and little tiny feet. And so I didn't go, I didn't go back and read classics. I, I just really didn't. And so when I got back into comic books, I was like, yeah, I should probably read that. And I just never did. I just kind of put it back. I just put it off. And then uh, for Christmas, I got you the big two-volume. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Returns and then Dark Knight Returns again. What's the second one called? Yeah, uh, Dark Knight Returns strikes and Dark Knight back. Strikes Back. Yeah. Like yeah. Empire Strikes Back. That's right. But more violent and misogynistic, I'm sure. More bat ears. <laughs> so, Although there there is huh, – you know, ironically, Boba Fett does, does pop up in – the uh, strikes back, huh? Strange, yeah, it's weird. Cross. There's a sarlacc, a sarlacc pit as well. Uh, not to my recollection, but I'll go back in and take a look. Actually, sarlacc pit is in uh, the third one. That's in uh, Jedi, isn't it? 
Yeah, so sh- yeah, yeah, it wouldn't make sense <laughs> that's in there. That it wouldn't be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided to read both of those two books. Uh, we had decided probably, I don't know, a couple months ago. We're like, yeah, we should do this. We talked about doing Dark Knight Returns for a while, and we said, you know what, we should jam them both together because Batman vs. Superman came out. So we're going we're gonna to try to talk a little bit about both books on their own, and then we're going to talk about the movie because we both saw the movie. And we figured everybody is talking about the movie. Everybody's pulling it apart. So you and I probably aren't going to spend a ton of time on the movie. We're going we're gonna to give our impressions. We'll talk about whether the source material was, was adhered to very well. And I think we'll let you infer what we thought about BVS. Right. Bat, right. You want to start? Let's start with Dark Knight, baby. Start, let's start with the Dark Knight. So, okay, so I'm interested in – so you came in – I actually didn't read it that many years ago, maybe three or four years ago. Okay. Just to pay my respects, to pay yeah. my respects to, you know, the, the greats. And I've heard – I'd heard a lot about Dark Knight Returns. Everyone was like, it's the, the uh, Bible of Batman books. It's constantly rated num- number one or at least in the top three of best Batman runs. Um, now, this book was written in 1986 – it's a four-issue comic miniseries. Uh, it is out of continuity for the 1986 Batman. Uh, and it's Frank Miller looking at a 55-year-old Batman um, and playing around in that world. What would a 55-year-old Batman be like? How? What would his view of the world be? How would he be living? And so uh, I'm sure you knew that aspect of it coming yeah. in, Josh. So yeah. The 55-year-old Batman, how do you think he handles the 55-year-old Batman? <clears throat> how does he handle the 50? I, I liked, so, reading this as an adult in the year 2015, uh, 2016, I think, I think my reading. For the, for the dates on your yeah, reading time. <laughs> my, actually, I think I just read it. I think I read it all this year. Uh, so, reading it as an adult, yeah, because you gave it to me after Christmas, so 2016. Reading it as an adult in the... In the year 2016. <laughs> wait, what it, year? wait, let's make it clear. What year did you read this in? Was it 2016? 2016. Okay. This is so, important. It, I don't know, man. I. It seemed, if I could, just let me get this out of the way first. I think you get an old Batman and that's kind of cool. I like that. I like that you get to deal with him dealing with not being strong anymore or not being as strong, maybe not being as quick. And I think that's kind of a cool uh, avenue to go down. But this is such a product of its times. It is so, like, 80s dystopian. It might as well be a RoboCop movie, right? Well, who's, right. The, guy who, who's the guy who directed RoboCop? Why well, can't oh, I remember his name? Uh, dude, like, he should get his hands on that. He, he's the guy who should have done Batman v Superman. It's so, it's so 80s and so, like, darkly cynical. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's coming. RoboCop is a good is a good comparison because it does have that kind of dystopian underworld city, dark, dirty. I mean, your New York City, New York City in the nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties, it is pretty much like a dystopian future, and that is uh, more, RoboCop that, was in Detroit, you dick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Who Paul Verhoeven, Josh? Paul Paul Verhoeven. Get your fair hope your smartphone <laughs> um but anyways I, I mean a lot of the inner cities and, and our, our our tourist cities today were like what we think of like warriors come out and play yeah. everything yeah. was dark dirty and gritty dirty haria dirty haria dirty harry <laughs> <laughs> i've had a couple of beers tonight <laughs> let me get another sip mm. ah, that juice um yeah so that you know and and art mirrors reality and a lot of these writers, a lot of these artists, they're they're growing up in these slums of these cities, so they're they are, are turning what's around them into art. And I don't think Frank Miller's any different in this no. story. Uh, so it, it is a product of its time, in far in as far as lots of stories are. I think the art, the style, like the the clothing, and and adds to it a little bit as well. Uh, as far as the mutant gang, which is the enemy gang in here, yeah. the way they talk, their vernacular, their their fashion, it's all very like eighties. It's it's kind of like not only eighties, but like unhip dude trying to write cool street <laughs> gangs. You know, well you've also got you've got like the the um, lady who's on the news. She's got like the most eighties haircut ever. 
Oh yeah, like it's this, it's this angular. There's lots of quaffs. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's I it was it was a I don't want to say I don't think it's a tough read being in you know reading it in modern times, but it definitely feels dated in a way that to me. And this is the problem. We're, we're I'm gonna. This is a beloved book, and if you love this book, that's cool. Love what you love. And I'm not saying I didn't like the book. It is just there's just some stuff in it where I was like, eh, like it just felt it felt encapsulated in something that seems old now. Yeah, don't worry because I love this book, and I'll go into that. But I want to <laughs> know, um, like, like what, like what. Because I knew I could tell after you read it that you were kind of like yeah if you re- if you followed Josh's live tweet of um, <laughs> Dark Knight Returns he tweeted some stuff out uh, but you could tell there's an undercurrent of like kind you were kind of not poking fun at it but kind of taking the piss out of it yeah well I think like here I so if you do want to see it you can go back on Twitter and you can hashtag Josh reads uh, TDKR. So you can go back and see all my tweets on it. I think a couple of them early ones were hashtag Josh reads Dark Knight Returns, but that was too that that took too long. I need 140 characters to make fun of swastika nipple badges. So, uh, but <laughs> make fun of or masturbate so, to uh, make fun. Of. <laughs> so like watching, like reading it, um, there's just some stuff where I think it's that I think the biggest part is the dialogue and how. It seems so some of it seems so over the top to try to make it seem gritty. You know, like and maybe it's maybe at that time it didn't seem gritty. No, I'm okay, so at the time it was. This is that's the reason why I think this book this book is so popular because it did something different to Batman, right? And this is kind of this kind of had a big effect on how Batman and how comics worked after it, right? Yeah. And and I appreciate it for what it is, but there's just some stuff in here where it just seemed the silliness of how dark and gritty it was. Well, there is mixed reviews on this. I mean, Time uh, in 2005, um, they ranked this as one of the best English language graphic novels ever written. Um, and then, you know, there are people who put it in the most overrated books ever written and, and I, I think, think that's i think that's where i'd put i i think so maybe my biggest problem is how hyped this book is and so i went in expecting like the best batman story i've ever read uh but it was it was good it was good i just don't i think my expectations of it being the grandest spectacle on earth uh kind of tampered it down for me and there's just some there's just some silly stuff in it that just seems silly reading it today well, yeah. So here's my thing on this. I I really like this story. I think if I had a criticism of it, I would say all the parts I don't think really knit together well. But when I think of Batman, and I think of my favorite Batman scenes, most of them come from this book. Uh, we're talking about, you know, this isn't a mud hole. This is an operating table, and yeah. I'm a surgeon, right? The opening scene when he's in his race car and Bruce Wayne is throttling it. He's about to crash, and he goes, this would be a good death, but not good enough. I mean, fuck, that's a good way to start a <laughs> Batman book, dude. That's the only way I can describe it. I mean, this is like a 55-year-old man. He's pushing his adrenaline to level, and he says, this would be a good way to die, not good enough. The Joker scene in it, man, where the jo- Joker practically breaks his own neck. I mean, there's a there's some creepiness to the Joker in it. Yeah, the thread of it all together. I don't know if it if it as far as like pacing and connections, like the whole Superman thing. That Superman battles badass, and there's some great dialogue between those characters in that scene. I don't know if it really connects with the rest it's of the a, story very well. It, that I think that's my. Threads that seem like oh I want to I want to weave the Joker in here, but I don't want him to be like the first guy that he fights. So I'm going to use mutants, and then I want Superman to be in it, and Superman's going to kind of be floating around, and it, it just it seems you're right. There's some really poetic stuff, and I I, t- I tweeted some of that stuff. The, the 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 surgeon and the mud pile being the metal like the operating table. That's a great line. There's a couple of fantastic lines in there. But there is so much dialogue in this book, so much dialogue in this book that there's a whole bunch of stuff where I'm like, good God, man. Well, there's 16 There's sixteen panel pages. So he yeah. divided his pages into 16 panels, and he plays with that 
how there's not always 16 panels, but it's it's on that grid, that 16 yeah. panel grid. Uh, so you can fit a lot of dialogue in there. And you're coming off of like Watchmen, it did that as well. Yeah. They fit a lot of dialogue in there. Um, so this for four comics, it it doesn't feel like you're reading four comics. No, no, I can read a comic during won't. a shit. This takes me like uh, it takes me a while to get through. Like at least two shits, even right? when I've read it before. The first time I read it, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this story is still going on." And there are slow moments to it as well. But I mean, the allegory in here—it's very like 1984, Big Brother. I mean, there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on in there, and it's and it's like going. It's it, it he does take comics into a different place. Yeah, and you for can't sure. have. Everything that Image is, Image is putting out right now, if Dark Knight Returns doesn't exist, that doesn't mean that you have to go back and be like, oh, because these things w- wouldn't exist, this must be really great. But at the same time, anytime an artist of any kind is willing to stick their neck out and try something different, you have to give that kudos, I think. At least in my opinion, you have to give that kudos. And, and I, I think I, I will, yeah. And I think that as far as. Uh, and you see it in the movie, like they they pull from this and they pull from the scenes. And I think oh, this... the whole the whole scene with the the whole uh, so the when I read this, there's like one, two, three, four, four four pages of the death scene of Bruce Wayne's parents, right? Of Batman's parents, and it is it is kind of a really it is a beautiful that 16 panel grid thing is a really cool way to do it it slows it down it breaks it into slow motion uh you see you know the pearls just like you saw in the movie the gun and the pearls and the dropping of the pearls and it's beautiful it's beautifully paced in the comic that's a great awesome kind of way to show it i just like for me the this book is just hit and miss a lot as I read it. Parts of it were fantastic, and then other parts I'm like, who's this kid spitting out gas, and why is the Joker riding on him? Like, there's some stuff in there that that it's like he did a he wanted to do like a serious comic book, but then he threw in some pretty straight up goofy comic book stuff at times. You know what I mean? And I, I get that that's okay. Um, it just seems it seemed disconnected at times. Right. Yeah, I I could see that absolutely. I, I what, do you, what do you think about the art? I love the watercolors on top of the pencils. I mean, some of them, it's it's really weird because there's some panels where so much time was taken in creating them, and 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 so much detail is in there. And there are others that are like, like he doodled out in like a minute, you know. But yeah. the watercolors on top of them, I thought were a really nice touch, especially for the time period. Doing this book in water, like that watercolor, um, um, coloring on there. I this is the most inconsistent art ever. It's back some of it, some of it is really good. There's some like there's some of my favorite shots of Batman in here. There's some really iconic stuff in here, but then it looks like Frank Miller decides that he's going to draw a completely different way. On some panels. I like the mayor looks completely different. He looks like an alien compared to every, the mayor who's always like, we need more time, we need more time, or yeah. still pooling, still pooling. He, he's got like a triangle head, and he looks like a like a Lego clay man, and everyone yeah. else, yeah. No, I mean, there is, there, it's, it, it is like it was drawn by multiple artists, you know? There's some stuff where, it, like you said, there's some stuff where he takes a lot of time in it. And there's some really – some of my favorite, like, shots of Batman are in here. Like, the giant Batmobile he has and, like, uh, page 75 in it, if, if you have the trait of it. And page 75 is a giant full panel uh, spread of the Batmobile just blowing stuff up, right? Uh, I modified her during some nasty riots 15 years ago. The only thing I know of that can cut through her hide isn't from this planet, right? And so it's a great sort of simple but huge battle scene. A page like that, I'm like, man, that's good. And just a couple pages before, there's a really great shot of Batman inside the Batmobile. Like one little panel of it inside there. But then you flip and there's Nazi... The chick with the, with the swastika boob things is... I don't... It's like he didn't care when he drew it. 
you know? Uh, on when she gets, I mean, there's some good panels with her in there. <laughs> I don't. I, I guess like it just seemed really. Some of it looked really good, and some of it looked like you said. Like I just, I just slopped this down really quickly, and that's not to take away from Frank Miller as an artist. We we went and read some old Daredevil Frank Miller stuff, and it the art on it is. I mean, it's in that Marvel kind of style, but it's it was it's really good. I think my favorite. Did the Jurgens do a lot of this too. Uh, no, Kla- no he Klaus. Did the, he did the pencil. Um, he did the inks. Klaus did the inks. Yeah, Klaus Frank did the inks. Did the, the pencils. Yeah. yeah, just like just like on Daredevil. Um, I really liked. So I think the best the best drawn scenes is the mud fight. I think that, that yeah. that's probably my favorite scene. I was trying to think about how much those raw pencils would go for in auction for oh, that, that page. Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I like. There's parts of the story that I really like. There was other parts of the story where I was like, eh. Um, and the same with the art. I think it went back and forth for me. I think that the book is an important book in what it did, but I don't know that I loved it. I devil, I know I don't love it. Yeah, I I like it. Uh, and my my final thoughts on it are: I think it's important um, for anyone who's who. I wouldn't give it to someone who's just getting the comics, but anyone who loves the medium of comics and hasn't read Dark Knight Returns needs to get on that ASAP uh, because it is such a, a, a seminal work in in the medium. Um, I it's it's like not reading To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, like it. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's in it's important but it's also it's like i think in here with there are some great scenes of batman that i think a lot of of writers say like uh scott snyder they try to take those scenes and create the whole the character whole cloth from that you know it's yeah. like they're 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 paying homage to that and i i like a dark gritty batman when it's done well and I yeah. think he does it well here, minus some of the the pacing and and plot holes and connections. But the actual character of Batman, yeah, how he's I, portrayed, how Bruce Wayne is portrayed, his relationships with other people, uh, Jim Gordon, and also I really like the the um, the moral of the. One of the morals of of what happens to a warrior when he when he's in his twilight years. I really like that. Of you know, as I get older and older, I'm not yeah. I'm certainly not 55, but I like the idea of never losing who you become. And you can retire, right? You can retire and put everything away, but it's still such a huge part of you. Yeah. And when he looks in the mirror, and Alfred's like, "What happened to your mustache?" Miss, uh, Mr. Yeah. Ryan, and, and he's like, oh, man, like he can't keep Batman from bubbling Like he up. didn't even know it's, he shaved yeah, it off. Yeah, the, the beginning of this book is the strongest part of this book. I I'm going to say that was book. that the first thing with the story with the mutants was my favorite part about it. And I think because it was something new for him to fight. It was a large group. They were taking over the city. It's I local. The tr- it's small. It's contained. Yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoyed that part. I think that's probably my favorite part of it is the first section of it, and I do like I do like that he weaves the mutants throughout. Like the the mutants turned into the sons of Batman. Batman. Yeah, and I, I thought that idea was I thought that idea was kind of cool. Like, how do you keep yourself from? How do you keep your monster right? Like Bruce Wayne, Batman creates this monster that's both meant to scare and protect right to scare the bad guys but protect the good guys of the city how do you keep that from spawning off into copycats right right and batman and batman and superman this are civil war before civil war they're the conservative i mean there's they're different sides of a political argument you know yeah security versus freedom and a mix of that and it's just it's just really cool so that was Batman Dark Knight Returns, but wait. And we, I feel like we could talk about it for a really long time, uh, but we're going to cut it so we can talk about uh, the uh, – we can talk about Death of Superman. And we'll kind of come back and we'll talk about how they – we'll hit him yeah, again. Yeah. We'll hit Dark Knight again and we talk about how it influences the movie we saw. I, All right. I'm going to say I'm going to get a little emotional. About uh, Death of Superman? Death of Superman because, I mean, you just this is, to help people. This is – this is my book right here, man. Like <laughs> reading it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is." It brought back 
I don't remember a lot of it reading it as a kid. Me either. You know? Uh, but reading it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that part. Um, what did you? How, what did it? What did it do for so you? So I will tell you this. So a couple of things about this book. One, the trade you're holding there. I let Josh um, take my super Death Superman trade. That is the first comic book trade I ever bought. Oh, I was probably around nine when that mm-hmm. when that came out in trade form, maybe ten. And it was the first like I think real like series I read because I just pick up comics randomly. So this is the first yeah. like arc story arc i read and one of the things i remember re and rereading it now as an adult is i remember it took me forever to get through that book as a kid a nine-year-old i'm like this yeah. is an epic journey on the size of lord of the rings <laughs> and i loved it so much that like the, a year later i did i read the novelization form of that because <laughs> the teacher said pick a book and do a book report on it so i picked the novelization of death of superman and that felt like an epic journey as well. And I made my poster for my presentation. I drew Superman <laughs> logos on it. And I had this whole three-page book report on it. And the kids in class were like, we can do this. We can read. I'm like, it's, an, it's a book. It's a book. <laughs> um, and so coming back into reading this, I don't remember. I haven't read it since I was probably about 12. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of a blast from the past. I don't remember a lot of it. And I don't remember all the characters that were in here. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, I remember these key moments where I was like, "Ooh, I remember that," and getting goosebumps when that yeah. happened. All right, so um, I read it in single issues when it was coming out. Oh, fancy! So n- no, but like that was kind of the that was at the time period in the '90s when all these books were gonna like early '90s. All this stuff was supposed to be worth a lot of money. Uh, my dad got these in single issues for me, and I read them. I had the Mylar, I, I had two copies of the black covered one, one that I got to bust open and wear the armband for, uh, and uh, oh, the other God, one I wish was... I still had that armband. I'm sure you can find them online. Oh, yeah. Nobody's, like, the, nobody's business. The ones that were, I, I had one that was sealed. I had the funeral for a friend afterwards. I don't remember any of it. And this one, it's like, so these two, first, let's start with a comparison of the two books. This book, in no way do I feel, has as large of an impact as Dark Knight Returns does. I don't think... When I go back and I read Death of Superman, it's fun because it reminds me of being a kid. I don't want that to sound like I I think it's a better story than Dark Knight Returns. It just hits a part in my heart from being a kid um, that that I don't have with Dark Knight. Right. Well, I, I, I think it does have just as big of an impact, but in a different way. So I think Dark Knight has the biggest impact on comic book storytelling in the last 30 years. I think Death of Superman has the biggest impact on the comic book industry Marketing? in the last 30 years. <laughs> no, I, I think what happens to comics in the 90s after Death, Death of Superman is directly related to the what some people will refer back to as the gimmick of the death of Superman of the, I mean, this thing, this thing sold over three and a half million copies overnight. Oh, it was everywhere. It's unbelievable. People in line for for it. I I remember it being on the news. I remember this being on the news. Yeah, it was several times. And it had, they're like, there's like, he gets cared. And they were talking about like Superman, the news. And you're like, now you're like, Oh wow. They talk about, comics in the news every day you know it seems like but yeah. back then it was like um mom did the guy just say superman like yeah and you'd sit in front of the tv i think 60 minutes had like a special on it as well <laughs> it was just it was it was awesome as a kid to see a comic get the spotlight but at the same time i think it had a huge impact on the comic book industry i mean people who didn't buy comics were buying 10 copies of this because they thought they were going to pay for their kids college yeah, in 20 yeah. years with this uh and that kind of continued and the industry is like oh yeah yeah this is this is this is an important issue this is going to be worth money someday it's worth nothing even to this day this no no you, know, you and i sold all mine probably in i got i had a giant i had a ton of long boxes and I sold them probably in 2000, I want to say 2005, before I moved to Arizona. Uh, and I literally got nothing for those books. Yeah. I sold them on eBay, hoping I could find something. And they're just not, they're not worth anything. So the, oh, one of my favorite things that I still really like in this book is the opening of this book. 
It is the best. It is <laughs> awesome on so many levels. It's just doomsday. It's like I think it's over like eight or ten pages, punching his way out of like his his entrapment, right? And he's yeah. in his containment suit, which is a badass design. Doomsday in his containment suit is the. It is such a good design. It's so cool. It, I mean, I like. First of all, I'll just say this: Doomsday as a character, as a monster, is tits. He was scary <laughs> to me as a kid. He's. He's the ultimate badass-looking villain. He looks like someone who could beat Superman. If you had a lineup has, of villains, you're like, which of these guys is going to beat Superman? You'd be like, oh, the dude with bones sticking out of him. Yeah. Like, not bones Mixel covering Plixit. his eyeballs. <laughs> not Mixel Plixit. He's not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. But Doomsday is going to do it. I just think Doomsday is kind of this – he has – you. there's no backstory. And right. that's what in I this, love. In, in this – yeah. In that run, yeah. Yeah, and this one, there's no, like, backstory to him. He's just this beast whose sole purpose is to get to Metropolis. And you hear him, and, like, the how, like, they phonetically have him saying, Metropolis. <laughs> what I will say is this. What I didn't notice as a kid, just because I was, you know, yeah. was looking for him, I didn't realize how much laughing Doomsday did. I didn't read him laughing when I was a kid. And that whole that whole first panel where he kills the like the, the yeah. bird and the deer, he's like ah, 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 ah. he's laughing. And yeah. rereading it, it put a whole different twist on the character, like a, a real kind of creepiness. Like not only is he a killing machine, but he loves killing. Like he just yeah. gets the he gets the chuckles to his <laughs> to his heart's content, just destroying these beings. He I didn't catch that like, as a kid. That containment suit, he has like one arm tied behind his back. Like, oh, there's, it's <clears throat> it's this kind of crazy thing where he's got this one arm tied behind his back, and he's going to make it. He's going to beat the Justice League, right? Like, he's going to take down the Justice League International. He's going to take down JLI because <laughs> <laughs> because you look at that, you're like, when you're like, when someone says, "I took down the Justice League," J- like, wow. JLA, JLA, yeah, Justice League uh, of America. Um, and they, um, you're like, oh wow, that's impressive. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me tell you the lineup: <laughs> Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, uh, <laughs> and then a bunch of people I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, he gets uh, what's his name? The uh, oh man, the Green Lantern, the the one that no one loves, but I Guy love Guy Gardner. I like Guy, Guy Gardner. Gardner. I like all, I like I like '90s kids love Guy Gardner. I love Guy Gardner because I like a douchey. Uh, I like a douchey mean uh, Green yeah, Lantern. He's like he's like the Superboy before Superboy. <laughs> And this is when he's and this is when he's not like he's not a Green Lantern. He has like a yellow ring, and he's not like yeah, they kicked him out of, the, out of green... the corpse. Yeah, yeah, cool. they kicked him out of the core. <laughs> there's just there's this is so comic booky as where Dark Knight isn't comic booky. I right. mean, it's a comic book, but it's 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 a little more serious turn to it. But this isn't serious, no. and I mean, it is. The stakes are high because you know there's a bunch of people getting hurt and there's destruction. But it's like it's a popcorn. It the is a popcorn. Are comic different. Book the demographics yeah. are different. You know, I sure. mean, Dark Knight was it's for adults. I wouldn't give that to a kid. No way, no how. But Superman, you can give to a nine year old, and for them, it's it's just the right amount of scary. There's just the right amount of action. It's all exposition. So I mean, all the, the characters thing. are explaining to you exactly what you're looking at. That's what I love about it. Reading the writing, it's always like. Oh no, he's punching Superman in the face with a panel of Superman getting punched yeah, in, the punched in the face. Oh now my house is on fire. Switch to your house being kind of <laughs> caught on fire. It is literally it is just a it's like a road trip of everybody fighting Doomsday on his way to Metropolis. The entire thing is one battle yeah. for what is it, seven issues? One yeah, seven issues of pure like carnage, like pure gladiator fight. To, to metropolis he takes down the justice league and then him and superman are like just bounding like jumping <laughs> through cities and everybody's like they're destroying our city and then they move to the next city it's it's literally just superman it. just being like i can't i can't handle one more punch yeah i, I punched him oh if he gets past this my, ex, my heat vision i'm in trouble oh he got past my heat vision i guess i'm gonna have to try to hold him in a headlock oh he got out of the headlock it's like um, I love um, that your Superman is Southern. I love yeah. that your Superman is like. Well, I'm thinking like I was thinking more like um, uh, who's the uh, classic announcer from WWF? Um, 
Oh, uh, yeah, I know who you mean. I can't think of the name. Though, uh, but Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, Jerry It's like Lawler. Jerry the King Lawler is narrating this whole fight. He's like, oh, he's oh got him God. in the headlock. He's got him in the headlock. Oh, he's got a doomsday. He's getting the <laughs> That would be, okay, this is what I want. I want someone to recut be Batman v Superman. I want, I want the doomsday scene. With uh, Jerry the King Lawler quotes over top of it. <laughs> no, someone like a panel, like a like a PowerPoint slide moving with someone doing a Jerry King Lawler impression being like. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, that'd be I great. like the I like the very 90s backward cat, uh, backward hat grunge kid who's yeah. way into Guy Gardner and yeah. like so against Superman and kind like, of a dick, and kind of a dick to his mom. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that kid's kind of an asshole. Uh, I like that there's a scene where uh, Jimmy Jimmy Olsen is dressed as Turtle Boy, like yeah. from the from the that old uh, Jimmy Olsen when Jimmy <laughs> Olsen turns into a Turtle Boy. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I like it's it's popcorn. It's pure popcorn. It was a fun. It was fun to reread it. Is it great? No, no. it's it's not. <laughs> it's not great. It there's not there's not a lot of story in it. Dark Knight's got a lot of story. There's a lot of depth. This is just like. It's a it's a popcorn comic book. You know what I mean? Right. It's like the sweet saccharine, like, okay, I'm done. You know? Can we talk about the last issue, the actual death of Superman? I didn't realize as a kid, it's only splash pages. The I whole know. thing the is whole only – these are this, – this was $2.50 back in 1992. So it's kind of a pricey book for 1992. And you only get like four balloons of dialogue – and it's like all spat splash pages. As a kid, I never noticed that. And it some is, of those splash 20, pages aren't very good. It is like twenty-eight splash pages. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably my favorite part. Is that <laughs> there's just these giant splash pages. It's a coloring that, book. It's a coloring that, book. It is that make. There's no need for them. And you can't tell a real story with it. You can't tell like a great story with it. But it is, it's fantastic. Like half the, of them are really bad, bad splash pages too. You think if you're gonna do the death of Superman, and you know millions of people are gonna buy it, you would get like, all right, I want you spending like a month on a page, and I want there, <laughs> I want this to look just every page just a, people drooling, and they're like, meh, not so much. But there are some. There is some. There's like there's one panel where uh, um, Superman is shooting his capes ripped off. He's shooting heat vision at uh, at at Doomsday. Oh, it I is love just it. I it love is a it. Great, it's a great panel. It's it's I, this is my Superman. The the way he's drawn is the way I picture Superman in my mind. Like he's muscly. It's it's muscly comics versus hair. like bones and teeth and claws and capes and shredding and blood and x ray vision, heat vision. Everything we love about comics as a kid. Just wham, pow. Thank you, ma'am. I'm out of here. Dropping the mic. Done on this freaking book. It's so. It's so. Why I got into comics as a kid. This is what I loved about comics as a ten year old. It's not what I love about comics as a thirty two year old. Uh, but no, it no. is what got me into comics. I, this is a big part of why I continue reading comics because as a young nine-year-old boy, while I'm reading this, I would read a few pages and then I have to take a break because I got to go karate chop some furniture in the living room. You know, like that's yeah. how much it like, like it was just like, oh man, I'm pumped up. I want to do some stuff. And that's what a good story should do. It should move it's demographic in a certain way. And as a kid, it moved my imagination. It, 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 it captured my, my love of adventure and fantasy and action. And for that, I owe. I owe you, Superman, Death of Superman. So I think you can definitely tell when we got into comic books by the way we just reviewed those, those two <laughs> books. Um, I, and so if we could compare them. Let's, t- let's take a minute and let's compare the two books. Um, how would you compare them, Travis? How how would you repair, compare these two books? Well, they're really tough to compare. Um, it, it is really apples I, I, I and think, oranges. So what I would say or like, is, or like steak and bubble gum. In comparing them, in in trying to make comparisons, you're going to make giant leaps. Yeah. Uh, so what I think that shows is the diversity that is in comics. I think, you know, on Comic Exposure, we try to get people who haven't read comics to read comics and talk about them, right? 
And I think that people who haven't read comics, some of the people we've had in the past episodes, there is this um, stereotype of what a comic book is. And that's and they very think much that every death comic of Superman. Book is yeah. death of Superman. They right. think every comic book is death of Superman. And a lot are. There are a lot of comics out there even today that are the death of Superman. Wham, pow, thank you, man. You yeah. know? And that's fun. You can read them on the shitter as an adult, as a kid. They can be the fodder for your imagination. But then you have something like Dark Knight Returns, where you get a writer who is trying to tell a a a story with multiple layers which is pulling in, um, which is an allegory for the time it was written, whether it was successful yeah. or not. Yeah. No, I, w- I would say it's definitely by, an allegory. Yeah. It definitely, I definitely enjoyed, as like a history teacher, I definitely enjoy the message it says about the 80s and about that time period and about what our fears were. I like that. Right. That's cool. I think if I were teaching a class, I've, I always had this dream of like teaching a modern uh, modern American history, right? And doing the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Maybe, may I don't. I don't think I'd want to touch the sixties. I think I do seventies, eighties, nineties. And I think Dark Knight Returns is a perfect encapsulation of it's. It's a comic book that encapsulates all of the anxiety of the eighties. All of the, I mean, there's some stuff in here. There's some pretty like that just points to what the kind of mindset was in the eighties when it was written, the sort of fears of the world, the sort of like, what should we be scared of? You know, and taking the sweet, sweet visors. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, I appreciate the dark Knight returns for that. I like the, what it says about the time period it was created in. Um, And that doesn't mean I didn't like it. And so if I came off, like I didn't like it, I liked it. I just wasn't what I thought it should be from what everybody says about it. Right. Well, it's like watching the movie. Have you seen the movie Easy Rider? Yeah. It's like watching Easy Rider in the 90s. You know, in 1969, that movie came out. That was like, that was the shit. That was like, it hit. It hit the pulse of America. It captured an attitude, a style, and was yet something new and different. Yeah. Watching it in the '90s, you're like, "Well, I, I, I dig it. I appreciate it for what it is, but I'm not a part of it." it, it it's yeah. there are certain pieces of art that are just more powerful when they're written. And Dark Knight Returns, from our discussion, at least in our opinion, might be one of those. Well, I talked to someone online about it, and they said, "I don't know, man. It's the greatest thing. It's one of my favorite books." And I said, "I'm not saying that it's not good, but I think it depends. Like reading it now." In the year 2016, I'm going to say it again, there are so mm-hmm. many books that are that have taken from it, and there are so many books that give you that grit and that you can – the violence and the whatever. And so it's diluted when you read it today. Right. It's not as impactful because it's surrounded by image comics. Right. Right? Yeah. It's surrounded by that vertigo. medium. It's surrounded by vertigo. It's surrounded by yeah. – Read Preacher and then read this. Read some of these titles that we've read and then read Dark Knight Returns. And it's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that it has to be compared. It's not like it, it's, no. a, it's a grit off. No, but, but I'm just saying yeah. it's, I think it's less impactful when you're surrounded by comic books that have been able to express themselves that way because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't mean that it's not important. It's just when you read it today and you'd never read it before, you're like, okay, yeah, I've seen, I've seen it now. This is the originator, but I've seen all the stuff that spawned off from it, mm-hmm. so it's not as impactful for me. That doesn't mean it's not good. I'm just saying that it didn't hit me as hard as I think it did had I read it as a kid, had I read it early on, and I was like, if I had read these back-to-back as a kid, right, had I read The Dark Knight Returns when Superman, when the death of Superman was coming out, I'd have been like, man, give me that Batman who's right. like, you know, like who's beaten up. And if Death of Superman came out today and you read it, you'd be like, uh, this is a piece of crap. Well, I'd be like, this is so silly. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, But I think my own own tendencies now, like my capes and cowl that I want to read right now is fun, you know? I don't don't need anything crazy for it. I I like – I just want it to be fun. So we've only got – we got about 10 minutes left. Let's talk. Batman versus Superman the movie. Batman versus Superman. 
Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me five words, a five-word review. Oh, wow. uh, of, Of Batman v Superman. Let's see. Batman's one word. You, okay, you so I'm going to steal from uh, an article I read. Batman, Superman, Dawn of Rubbish. <laughs> All right, I, I can go for that. Uh, like, oh, man. Now I gave my own caveat, and I can't. I, yawn yeah, of yeah, just, now, yeah. <laughs> yawn of justice. What the fuck? <laughs> you went over one, a word. I went, went over. I'm going to say the fuck is no. One okay, word. okay. So you talk about this movie, and I've, I've had time to calm down after the viewing. Yeah. Um, and it, it was disappointing. It was disappointing in several areas. I, this, when it comes down to it, what disappointed me was just the storytelling. Yeah. When, it, when, you, when you strip everything away, and when you strip the actors away, when you strip the special effects away, when you strip the source material away, what it comes down to is just bad the storytelling. storytelling. And I know that no one sets out to make a bad movie. Okay, no one like no. You don't get people on 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 a movie like Batman vs Superman. They're like, oh, I don't really care. I know the cast and crew were like, we're making Batman vs Superman. This is so cool. Let's do this right. But somewhere along the way, I don't know if there were too many fingers in the pot. There was too much um, studio input. There was too much focus on on where this world is going. But somewhere along the way, the story took a backseat to the spectacle. spectacle. Yeah. And and not in the way I would say so so people don't think that like I'm just hating on DC. It, I think the same thing happened with Age of Ultron. Like when I saw it in the theater, I was like, that's not as good as I wanted it to be. Right? And I, I think like when you try to build a world in one movie you, you rush some stuff and you put some stuff in there that's just like, what the heck just happened, right? And here, let me say this. Uh, most of the Batman stuff was great. Bru- uh, ben Affleck, fantastic Bat. Good Bruce Wayne. He's a, a, yeah, he's a good the Batman. Ba- the Batman fight scenes. Yeah. Uh, the one fight scene in, the only fight where scene where he's like, in the room. Like, in the warehouse, yeah, right? Yeah, he pulls yeah, up yeah. the floor and he throws the crate it's, it's around. straight from uh, Dark Knight, where he punches through the wall, grabs him through the wall. Uh, yeah. And he says this. Uh, uh, when um, uh, his mom is in there, um, he goes, I'll kill her. I'll kill her. And then Batman, like, shoots him, whatever he does. Yeah. And he goes, I know. That, that's verbatim dialogue yeah. taken directly from the Dark Knight. Yeah, returns. in I think the warehouse scene where he's like flipping around and he like uses his he uses like his grappling gun to throw the box at guys. Right. That was probably the most comic book ish Batman fight we've seen. Right. And it was fun. It was cool. It looked good. But in Wonder Woman, fantastic. Loved yeah. her as Wonder Woman. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan. Really? Mm-mm. I don't know that I liked Diana. I liked the final the final battle. She was the best part of the final battle. Yeah, I didn't like her Diana. It was very stilted like, oh, because I am like I, I, it was like, uh, it was like getting a model. I don't know that I, I, don't it was know like that I loved model her as Diana. I don't know that I loved her as a Diana, but when the final battle where she's using the lasso, she's yeah. got her sword and shield. It looked cool. That was good. I yeah. liked that. But it is swimming in a bunch of stuff that I don't know why it's there. Mm. It seemed like Zack Snyder was like yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Let's put that in there. Oh, you know, it'd be neat if we filmed it doing this. Right. You know, it'd be cool if we did this. And they just crammed them all together. Why is Lois Lane in Africa? Right. Why is Jimmy Olsen shot? Oh, there's right so away? many things. We can't even start getting into like the why, 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 why. And what's but, uh, go ahead. No, I, mean, I think like, but there's just a lot of stuff that that was inexplicable that I was that I couldn't wrap that just didn't make sense to me. And yeah, you got to see Batman and Superman punch each other, but it was like they were waiting in garbage. That that was my the story was just not good. Right. Let's defend something. So my my challenge to you is defend something that people online are 
are raving against, like uh, that are just upset about? Like, what's something that people are blowing out of proportion? Where you're like, no, it was machine was guns actually- on machine guns on the Batmobile. Okay, a- have they not seen Batman? 1989 or batman right. like returns the dude is like he's got machine guns and and shooting like clowns uh with a penguin like you know like the penguins clown gang right. and it's maybe not as gratuitous but he's done it and i i get like bat the batman doesn't kill motif and i will say a lot of who batman kills is in a dream sequence right, right? and I get it. Batman's not supposed to be that angry. And I think that Batman's anger isn't earned in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think they give you enough to explain why he's that angry. But. Well, maybe the goal is over the next couple of movies is that's his arc over like this new yeah. universe is to make him more empathetic, maybe, or something. I don't know. I don't know. So you do the same. What's, what's something you, you want to You know what? Say? I didn't. I I didn't have as big an issue with Lex Luthor as people did. I thought that in a movie that was so bloodlust uh, and so taking itself seriously, that it was kind of refreshing to see someone be a comic bookie, to be kind of almost villain mustache twisty. And they're like, oh, yeah. oh, he had no motivation. I go, actually, at the end, it kind of seemed to me like Lex Luthor, like he had some insight into what's going to be dark side or like like for me, it almost seems like he was possessed by some greater evil force. And when they show that painting at the end where, you know, he says like demons are, you know, come from the sky. I'm like, this guy has obviously been in contact with some greater evil with force. Dark, with dark side, right? Yeah. You, you like, know, so I to mean, me, he was like a henchman. He was like worm from worm tongue from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He was like the yes sir, yes master, the eager. My, my only problem, my only problem with him, he would have been a fantastic Riddler, and don't you fucking say he wouldn't have. No, been. he would have been. He, he would have been, been Riddler. Yeah. He played it as like that was my problem. Is I think that we've We're been saving that for Michael Sarah. <laughs> we've been given we've been given what Lex Luthor is for so many years for decades decades and decades and so when you flip it and you don't call him Lex Jr. yeah right people are going to go like that's not Lex Luthor <laughs> just like when I go that's not Superman yeah Re- regardless of like I get that this is a different take and if you go into it going this is a different take on it. You can feel better about it, but I didn't. I did not love it. And I normally like. I'm a sucker for superhero movies. And me too. And when I go to these things, I'm always like, I'm like, I'm just gonna enjoy the movie. I'm gonna find something in this movie to enjoy. I've never had to look so hard in a superhero movie to find something to enjoy. And I think the parts that I would have enjoyed, like that battle scene at the end and some of the action sequence at the end, I was so kind of sucked out of the movie by that point that I couldn't yeah. even I couldn't even enjoy what was probably done well in the movie is, you know, some of those action sequences. Like that Batman scene that we both liked, I liked that scene. I would have liked it more if it wasn't at the back quarter at the end of the movie shitty movie you know yeah um like open up with that open up with that scene i would have been like all right i would forgive 30 minutes after that scene that would keep me like jacked up for 30 minutes someone had said if you whittled all the stuff that wasn't if you took all if you took superman out of the movie it'd probably be a pretty good batman movie Mm -hmm. it'd be batman and wonder woman versus lex luther right and that might be kind of cool but I, i just feel like they don't know what to do with superman i just feel like Zack Snyder doesn't know what to do with Superman, and so they just, like, make him be angry. Or not angry, but just nothing. He has no, like, I will save people because I am <laughs> I am floating Jesus, right? Yeah. But he doesn't seem happy about saving people. He doesn't <sighs> seem happy that he can fucking fly in the air. back and forth, and he didn't learn his lesson. This movie has no moral. What's the no. moral of this movie? There's no moral to this movie. No. Um, <sighs> so... One last. Uh, I, I will say here's here's a one last tidbit that goes back to Dark Knight that I wanted to include because I was I thought it was fascinating. You know the typeface uh, comic Sans. Yeah, 
The guy who created it was actually inspired by two comic books. That's why it's called. He was going to call it comic book Watchmen. Go ahead, Watchmen and, and Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Uh, whenever I <laughs> whenever I write my own Watchmen fan fiction, I use Comic Sans. To do oh, it. you make that blue dick bigger too, don't you, big boy? <laughs> uh, also, a comic book, a classic comic book that I didn't like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> no, we just lost podcast listeners. No. No. No, I right. respect respect Watchmen. Res- oh respect, yeah, no, I respect, respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it just again, I'm I'm too late in the game. I don't like Scarlet Letter either, but I respect it. <laughs> god damn it. I don't like you Scarlet Letter, but god damn do I respect you. Right? Um so, I will say my last thing about the movie. It felt like Okay, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, Superman dies. We read Death of Superman. Uh, Doomsday, terrible. Look like a troll. Not scary enough. Not menacing enough. Not... Didn't seem... Like, when you read Death of Superman, you spend all this time about him being this brutal thing of destruction. This one just explodes a couple times. And so you're like, oh, he's bad. Um, Superman's death didn't seem earned. And... Batman and Superman's making up didn't seem earned. Yeah. So those were my, it felt like two of the biggest moments in the book. Like, Hey, we're cool. And Oh my God, Superman dies. Uh, my, my wife, Gabby, she was like, um, I know that, you know, Gabby, but I'm just saying for the general listening audience, I don't want you to be like, of course your wife's name is Gabby. No, I get it. This is my first rodeo. (laughs) So my, my wife, Gabby, uh, she was like, I was kind of happy that Superman died at the end. And you shouldn't be happy that yeah. Superman dies at the end. Yeah. He's Superman. Yeah. He's like this. He's hope. He mm-hmm. is hope. In he the book, is... Death of Superman, I was sad when Superman died at the end. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no. It just it just didn't seem earned. That's my. I think those are my things that were the biggest beef. Is that these big pinnacles in the movie just felt like they were shoehorned in. And no one deserved any of what. Like, nothing in the movie seemed earned. Yeah. No moral. Nothing was earned. Performances seemed separated from each other. So, yeah, I agree. But you know what I'm looking forward to? If, if they, so they just put out Ben Affleck wrote a, skip, a script for a Batman movie. Yeah. Give me that Batman yeah. movie. Give me Argo I will, Batman. I want Argo Batman. I want Argo Batman. Maybe a little less gun. Yeah. And I will, I, and I will be happy. It was That was the best part of the movie was Batman punching stuff. And throwing boxes at people, and like really? having to use his like wit to do stuff. Yeah. I thought that was kind. Of, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so, final thoughts. Um, favorite part of our reliving, reliving our childhood, or rereading something. My favorite part was opening up Death of Superman and seeing those beginning pages with Doomsday just punching his way out of a mountain. I just <laughs> it just brought me back to me a kid. I forgot how cool Doomsday was. I got to see something I didn't see as a kid, him laughing. I was like, oh, I didn't recognize that, so I put a new twist on it. Uh, that was that was fun, um, and um, I, I really like that part. I'd say for me, um, I, it, was, it was good to read a classic like Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns. I have an appreciation for it that maybe I didn't have before. Um, I would say the best part, I had a ton of fun live tweeting Batman at the Dark Knight Returns. It was a ton of fun live tweeting it out. So go check it out if you want to see my quips about reading Dark Knight Returns. Whether it's it's not a hate fest. It's kind of like pointing out no, some of the stuff no, I thought yeah. was fun. It was cool about because it. I I read some of those and I was like you tweet out points that that I remember reading it for the first time I was like, "Oh yeah, this is where I stopped too." I was like, "Oh, What's this? Yeah, yeah. So that was—I think—that was the most fun for me. Uh, I did enjoy going back and reading *The Death of Superman*, though. Uh, I want—I want to give *Death of Superman* to my son when he turns nine. I want him to read it when he's nine. Uh, but it was—it was a ton of fun to go back and read that. Uh, so, Travis, we are about to turn into pumpkins. Yep. Uh, so next show is going to be a variant edition. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about something. Uh, I think we might have an interview. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm in contact with uh, Sean Aldridge, who's the writer of uh, he he's, he's writing Dark and Bloody, Dark and Bloody, on, Dark and Bloody, Dark and Bloody, Dark and Bloody, Dark and Bloody on uh, on on uh, Vertigo Comics. Uh, we're supposed to interview him. We're trying to work out when it works. He's going to be at Emerald City Comic Con, so that kind of throws off his schedule right now. Uh, but we're going to find we're going to talk to some people. We're going to we're going to talk comic books. Uh, it's going to be lots of fun. Next book up though for us is. Uh, we can never go home again. 
uh, from Black Mask Studios. A great book. I'm just gonna I'm gonna tip my hand right now. Uh, it was called one of the best books of the last year of, of 2015. Uh, I'm not we'll gonna see, tip my hand. I'm not gonna we'll, use my hand. We'll, We'll see Today's if it holds. Run. We'll see if it holds up with Travis and our guest, uh, a guest, a previous guest from the show, Chris Moore is going to be on. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You can find us uh, on Twitter at Comic Exposure. You can find us on the internet uh, www.comicexposure.com. Uh, check us out. Rate us on iTunes. We love you bunches. Thanks for hanging with us, and we'll see you next trade. Rest in peace, Superman. 